0: and welcome to Spartan Speak, a production of the Lansing State Journal, Detroit Free Press, and USA Today Network. I'm Graham Couch of the Lansing State Journal, alongside my colleague from the Detroit Free Press, Chris Solari, and Michigan State basketball, once a top five team in the country, is now 4-4, four and four, and 0-1 uh, in the Big Ten, coming off a loss to a good Wisconsin team, but a loss that I think uh, raised more red flags. And um, Chris, what would you say the level of panic should be or concern?
1: Well, the calendar tells me it's only December 6th, which also probably means I should get away from my computer and some work since it's my wife's birthday today. Uh, but it's also telling me that it's still December, and that's kind of the, the trouble with some of these early Big Ten games. I mean, remember last year they lost the opener at home, uh, to northwestern and you know still managed to to get to the tournament but you know it's been a uh how do i describe it i mean it hasn't been a very consistent couple years with the program with Izzo. and i, I think that you know you, you if you're looking at the last couple years and you see that 11 and nine 11 and nine nine and 11 big ten record knowing that You know, the bulk of this schedule is going to come in January onward. Um, I don't know if if panic is the right word, but there's definite concern. Um, I think, you know, depending on what happens in Nebraska on Sunday, maybe you start to get a lot more concern. Um, But until it gets to January, I think it's best to kind of temper it and, and kind of see historically what Izzo has done with teams like this and try and redirect them. Uh and it seems like even for a team with so many veterans, they're still searching for an identity with this group.
0: Yeah, and I I think there's there are different levels. Like there's concern versus expectations. The expectation before this season was that this was a uh, a a team that would contend for titles. No, I mean and Tom Izzo himself was the one who put him on there. Yeah, no doubt. Well and, and logic put him on there. They had all these returning guys, they had a top recruiting class, right? It it is it made sense. Um uh, and how you would think a college basketball team would be good would be this a team that gets to the sweet 16 returns all these parts guys you think would be hungry and and then you you have a really good recruiting class that's supposed to supplement it and it, it really just hasn't hasn't come together and there, so there are a few things there's that level of it if if obviously they lose it in Nebraska if things you know th- there is a point where the, the tournament streak would come into play we're not we're not there yet I just I think they're too good defensively there's Um, there's enough there, you know, even if they're, they're limited offensively with a guy like Tyson Walker, you're, 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 you're you're probably safe in that realm, but that's not the season anybody planned for, nor is it the season they should still, uh, I think aspire to. And that's where it, 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 I mean, last night's game against Wisconsin or whenever you're listening to this, uh, should say uh, Tuesday night's game against Wisconsin was a game a couple things. One, Wisconsin's a lot better than we anticipated. and this happens all the time. That I, you know, if, if you're going to put a bet in right now, you can still get them at plus a thousand to win the Big Ten. That's not a bad play. Like they've, they're everything that Michigan State wanted to be and hoped to be. They've got a veteran group that came back intact, not missing. You know, like they have Tyler Wall, and I'm not saying Tyler Wall is Joey Hauser, but he's a guy a big you can play through, and Michigan State really lacks that. They bring in AJ Store, who's this athletic, versatile, multi-faceted wing who sort of you know, ties it together the way Johnny Davis did and elevates them. Um, and Michigan State's hoping to some degree that was Jay Nakins and he's been been AWOL. So there's, in some ways it was like Wisconsin's better than I think people thought. They're everything Michigan State was supposed to be. Izzo did not coach a good game. Um, that that was that was plain and clear never should have started the two bigs I get he was in a spot with Malik Hall but you can't have three on five offensively and that's what what you are with with Carson Cooper and, and Mati Soko right now um, you know he, he was in a pinch I would have gone really small and made Wisconsin adjust to that they, they somehow read the scouting report as Stephen Kroll being three for five on three is he can't hit threes if you leave if I'm a three for five three-point shooter and you leave me open I am going to hit threes. And so I, it was a weird game in that sense. But the, the greater issues are Jaden Akins, that they don't have somebody they can play inside out. It, 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 they're, they're limited offensively, and, and, and they're just not a very good shooting team. And, and, and then I think there is a, and maybe it's the frustration of the season catching up, but I also think there's a lack of an edge, a lack of hunger that you see, and, and a lack of, like, Wisconsin looked like a very driven, motivated, tough team and Michigan State at times did not.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, Izzo's talked a lot about scouting reports of going back a few schools to try and find guys tape, but I mean, Kroll's a guy who shot 80 some three-pointers last year. It's not like like you might have only seen 3 or 5 3 of 5 this year, but you got to know the the history of the guy. I mean, it's not like he's a threat, and especially when you got a big who's not used to going out and stepping out and challenging like Mati Sissoko. And, you know, I I think about, you know, the way that that Wisconsin team played. I mean, you, you mentioned how it's everything MSU wanted to be. I mean, they got size, which MSU didn't have coming into the year. And although still waiting on Jackson Kohler will be a help, but they also went out and got a transfer. And, and to help them, I mean, stores from St. John's, um, you know, you this is where Izzo could have gone into the portal, uh, look for another serviceable big to to help. The problem is it's not like and, and I get the reason he didn't, because it's, it's not like you can just find a big man and say, oh, by the way, you're going to sit behind. Uh, two veterans and uh, a five star freshman coming in. I mean, so, I mean, the logistics of it is tough, but but they did. But Guard went out and addressed the need that he had with a returning group. Like you said, he didn't graduate anybody, but he addressed the need. So, I, you know, the, that's going to be an issue for MSU. I mean, it's not like the, the teams that they're going to face are getting smaller. Um, you know, and, and, and as far as Hall, um that's 100% on Izzo. I mean you can't you I I know that that his idea and philosophy is to push guys to their absolute maximum limit sometimes. Uh but sometimes you you if you're doing that and a guy's sick like that, you better have your finger on the pulse to to know when he's given everything he's got <laughs> because I mean you know that sequence towards the end. I mean, twenty-three minutes. I, I thought maybe he was going to play fifteen minutes tops coming in in this game. So, but that—that that was the problem with not having the extra big there.
0: Yeah, and it, the the big man situation is is somewhat understandable and, and difficult because fr- from the outside, and I think Izzo probably knew Xavier Booker was more of a, a developmental player yeah. than than other people did. Um, but it is hard to recruit. When you have him coming in, even if you think he's going to play the four, you have three centers coming back. The Jackson Kohler injury is hurt. You want, are you going to be better than you think those three can turn into? I still think Carson Cooper, his trajectory is promising as a player, like whether he gets there this year or not, you know, and to what degree. And I think Jackson Kohler will help. Um, the Mati Sissoko thing is, is, is a tough spot and he only played 13 minutes last night. I think that should be about his maximum because... I I am a believer, and I w- watching Tyler Wall play last night, and watching guys like Hogard and especially Jay Nakins interact with Sissoko, and I and I I'm very careful when I write because Sissoko is a college kid. He's a nice guy. I get that. Yes. You know, like he, he cares. Um, he's not a professional. Although these you know these guys are are making more than they would in Europe. So I mean, there's there they are professionals to that degree. But, um, I I I it is to the point where I watch other guys interact with him and. Anybody who's played any level of basketball, even pickup basketball, knows when you're on the court with somebody who doesn't see the game like you do. And not only do they not see it like you do, you don't know if they see it like you do. So you then hesitate. It then impacts your game. I I, I do think there is a deeper impact to Sissoko being on the floor offensively than sometimes is just what Mati Sissoko can and can't do. It's how it translates to the rest of the team. And that's where Jackson Kohler coming back will help. It's not just that you get a guy who you may actually get some inside-out passes, a guy who sees the game has some instincts, but it will also cut into those minutes. And you know that's something that, from a coaching standpoint, sometimes when Izzo has depth, it doesn't work to his advantage. I am curious to see how he plays that because I think as the as the year goes along, and I understand there are things Sissoko can do, but in today's college basketball game, you. If you're not somebody who can create offense for yourself or others, you have to be sort of an elite rim protector. Otherwise, you're a liability. And, and Sissoko is never going to be that based on his size and, and and background in the sport and just what he's developed into, and that's okay. And I still think there, if he comes out with an energy and, and plays a couple stints a game hard, he can have an impact because he's a, an aggressive guy. His elbows are everywhere. I wouldn't want to play against him. But ultimately, he stymies MSU's offense – and that wouldn't be such a big deal, except I, MSU's offense stymies itself. When they had Joey Hauser, a guy who's sees the floor, moves the ball, um, you know, uh, can shoot, can stretch the floor, that helped. Now you got Cohen Carr in there. Sometimes now you've got Malik Hall in there, and Malik Hall's you know more versatile than Cohen Carr. But when Cohen Carr's in there, and we saw him hit a jump shot, he's essentially a garbage player, and that's not a put-down. What I mean is that's like. You, you know, that's putting putbacks around the rim, that's uh, attacking the glass, that's running the break. That That's who he is. No, I disagree with that because
1: I did think he hit that elbow jumper in this game, which I thought was, I mean, that was a, that was a one jumper. Of, but that's, but again, I mean, everybody thinks that he's just in a, to the basket and at the rim player, but
0: he's got that ability in his game. He's just got to show it some. And you're right. He, and he has to keep shooting it because that's going to allow them to play him more. Like he's got to take that shot every time. Um, but what I mean is, they don't have. He's not like yet a dynamic offensive player. I think he'll be right. a really good player, uh, eventually. So the problem is when you have a big that doesn't give you that, and you have him out there, they're they're playing a lot of three on five, and then you have Akins is not playing well, and the chemistry's not great, and I'm not sure. Like this is my personal opinion. I could be wrong on this. I do believe if you took Jeremy Fears or AJ Hogard off this team, it would be better. I'm starting to believe that. And what I mean by that you is, you mean I don't, one or the other. One or the other, exactly. I think they're both really good players. I think Hogard plays worse with Fears over his shoulder. I think Fears needs longer run, and like and yesterday, you know, Michigan State it's fifty-one forty-eight, and Izzo talked about that being the point they lost the game. Yeah. Well, that's when he took AJ Hogard out, and and I'm not somebody, I, you know. I, there, there's been a lot of times that I've, you know, people will get upset when a team's on a run and he makes a substitution. He does sub a lot. But guys can't just play forty minutes. That's not really, um, you know. The, 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 and there are rotations, especially in the first half and other things. However, when you have a guy who is when you when you have a lot of limitations, and the hot hand is something not to be taken lightly. And he and Walker are playing that well, and you are coming out of a timeout. Coming out of the timeout is big, yeah, yeah. And he's shooting two free throws. He's not like he's just been racing up and down the floor, and and you make that move, and then the the the, the run is stymied. Like that is that is a coaching feel situation that may have been fears time to come into the game you gotta you gotta change that right there and and so I I I do think that he's gonna have to read this team a little bit more it's a it's a tricky team in the sense that you've got a a lot of pieces that aren't working and then you've got people that are more different points in their career and and different issues going on that you know like for example Cohen Carr a year from now may be a fantastic all-around player what he can do for this team is, is somewhat limited. Jeremy Fears could by this February be something fierce. We don't know, but it, it's it's where these guys are now versus, you know, it, it is, it, it's a tricky thing to manage, and I don't think it's been managed all that well in terms of playing time. And, and I, I mean,
1: I, with the Hogarth thing, I mean, it, it goes
0: to similar to
1: the Sissoko thing. I mean, I, I think that Izzo is, I don't want to say blind in his loyalty because those guys have things that this team needs, uh, but – he also knows that he needs those two guys to be bought in from now until March or April or whenever the season ends. And if you go and upset the apple cart now by pulling A.J. Hogard, I mean, he already sat him once um, and got a decent response. I thought Hogard played okay. I thought he was, you know, we talk about, you know, the coaching situations, there's no reason that A.J. Hogard should have been on store in that game. I mean, part of it was because Malik Hall wasn't 100%, but Hogard got cooked all day on the defensive side. And, you know, for the 14 points you give up, you're still minus 17. So that tells me that there's not there is a disconnect somewhere. And, you know, you were giving up 17, of probably 17 of the 22 or somewhere in that range that, that store had for them. Uh, but, you know, he looked, you know, Hogard needs to be a hundred percent engaged. I mean, you're right about that with, you know, I, I wonder if, if this was, a, a, if the situation was different, if Izzo would just rip the bandaid off and, and flip their roles. I mean, give fears more minutes and the starting job and have Hogard come off the bench. But that's the challenge with that. Cause you're not just, it's 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 not video games. These there's a human component and an emotional element. And you're trying to build a season. Yeah, you worry about Hogard checking out on you
0: because there there's been points where he's he's looked checked out. Uh, I, but I do think Izzo would like to see this too. Like, what does this team look like if Akins can find it, can get going, and that's becoming an increasing concern. He's shooting 27 percent from three after being a 42 percent shooter a year before. Akins is lost. I mean, but but Hogard has been lost much of the season too. Yeah, and, and and changing his role, finding ways to get him involved differently. I think you have to force it a little bit because you have to let the season grow. And and if that comes with a loss to Baylor, so be it. The beauty of the Big Ten, for example, now you don't want to lose Nebraska and Baylor, but you know you got to win some games here. But the beauty of the Big Ten is there's enough time. What's important is you're a good team by February. The wins will be there, and um. I do for people who are panicking, I want to read two things and just to make people feel a little bit better. And 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 um this is I wrote this, this was my quick takes column off Michigan State's loss at Illinois in uh, February fifth, two thousand nineteen. February of twenty nineteen, a season that wound up in the final four, right? Headline was uh Michigan State just doesn't have it right now and Winston can't figure it out. Michigan State doesn't look right. That's the quick and dirty analysis after a game like this. A third straight loss, a second to an underwhelming foe, this time unraveling out of the gate against an opponent whose defense is designed to do exactly that. MSU's second-half comeback, uh, yada, yada, yada. It's deeper than that, obviously. The Spartans trying to figure out how to recapture who they were just two weeks ago. Now, they were something earlier in that year. I think it begins where everything begins with MSU's basketball team this season, junior point guard Cassius Winston. He's trying to figure it all out now, too. Now, they had Cassius Winston, but they had a guy who is revered as one of the great point guards in, of all time who was lost in February of a season that they wound up at one point being probably the odds-on favorite to win the national title and getting to the Final Four. A year later, in February, February 8th. Now, this was a tumultuous season for Winston for other reasons.
1: No, it wasn't. That was the following year.
0: That's what I mean, the following year. That's yes, what I said, gotcha. A year later. Um, this is after the loss at Michigan on February 8th. It's time for MSU to try something new before it's too late. Lead. This, this Michigan State team needs to find something new, and we're not, we're not seeing uh, – uh, find something we're not seeing yet. Uh, that's its only shot at getting back in the Big Ten championship race or prolonged postseason run. Right now, it's a team that just doesn't have enough. Enough natural scores, enough shooting, enough size, enough grit. Like, that is who MSU was before they put together two weeks – going into the pandemic that we, that changed how we view them entirely. And so they became this, this team that now, you know, people think, what if they should have won a national title? And, and I do not disagree in the sense that Xavier Tillman, the way he was playing uh, defensively, nobody who counted on a big was going to beat Michigan state and Winston had found it. The point being for all of these flaws, and there are some flaws that I think are concerning in terms of just being a good team. um, The, it, it, in February, of uh, back-to-back years that wound up with storied MSU teams, MSU was lost, and so I do think it is it, 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 that is some important context.
1: Uh, I think some of the context for the 2019, you know, the 2018-2019 season is that the difference is that that team had two significant injuries with with uh, Josh yep. Langford and Nick Ward. And they had already tried to redevelop themselves and redefine themselves after the Langford injury. Then had to redo it when Nick Ward got down, and that's when you started to see the the growth and development of Xavier Tillman. And Xavier Tillman is the reason that season changed. Nick Ward went into a different role after he was he came back from injury, and then the following year you saw the blossoming of of the partnership between Winston and, and Tillman, um, you know, it, it. I again, that's in February. And I think that's, from a timing standpoint, there's a full month here, and particularly with a number of non-conference games for this team to develop that cohesion that it needs and to find something. And I, I, I think I look at that 19, 18, 19 season with the – Injuries to Ward and and uh, Langford, and it that's the point where I always go back to to tell people when when I hear this Izzo doesn't adapt Izzo is stale Izzo does all the same things I said you got to go but
0: go back and look at that season they had to the change on the fly twice but here's the counter to that a little bit and this is what I think sometimes worries people Izzo you could also argue was rescued and that. season because Ward did get hurt. And so the addition by subtraction, I'm not saying Ward subtracting was was helpful, but changing who they were, living through Xavier Tillman rather than Nick Ward, um, made them a higher-end team, I think, made them a better overall team. And that move never happens just on its own. That move only happens because of injury. So it it is like the tough decision, the decision to change from who you are, be it eventually – Jeremy Fear is 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 the point guard, or um, however you're 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 doing it at center. And and, and I look, I, I want to see this team with Jackson Kohler. I'm not going to put Jackson Kohler was you know a, a a bit player a year ago. Had a few moments. Had a good summer. We all think, but so did Michigan State's whole team. Everybody says so. Like I don't want to put everything on Jackson Kohler. I do think though, it changes. It, it goes back to like when Sissoko's on the floor versus Kohler, especially if Kohler understands you know, how to to, to allow some offense to be played through him, not necessarily scoring, but, you know, uh, passing and other things that what it does for everybody else could have a a ripple effect that's important. I want to caution because
1: I I agree with you. You can't really gauge this team until you kind of see and, and get Jackson Kohler in there. But we're also talking about a guy who last year averaged three points, 2.9 rebounds, and 10.7 minutes. So you have to have a little bit of caution in that because you can anticipate the development and growth. But he's going to need court time to to show that he's healthy. He's going to need court time and in, in practice to rebuild his stamina. This isn't going to be a quick fix. Big guys aren't. Ever quick fixes, um, and I think one of the differences here, and one of the, or and one of the differences and one of the commonalities is with the Ward situation. You had a big who was already playing well, sliding into a different role. You don't have that here, but you do have is additional size, and that's something that this team lacks. And I mean, this team, listen, we can talk about. All these things, but this team's not going anywhere if it's getting out rebounded by plus fourteen. Minus. that should be minus fourteen for them, and giving up. I mean, eleven offensive boards for nineteen second chance points. This has been an ongoing issue, and you've got size in Cooper, and you've got size in Sissoko, and he's talked about the size at the guards with with Hogard and with with Akins. Akins can't go you know one for four shooting have two points and not get a rebound like you can have an off night offensively but you got to be crashing the boards that's a reason that 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 Izzo put him on the bench
0: yeah in this no, second he, half. he did he he did he did put him on the bench and, and that was interesting and and I think that's partly for Aikens where he needs to get back to things is you know early on he had the 11 rebound game he did an eight rebound game you know, attack the glass. Live where you can live, and then let the rest figure it out. Because you'll be valuable then. You'll be this athletic wing, this rebounder. You know, the the they do have size with Soko, but his, his his it's not it's not real size in the sense that it's. I mean, like he has a lot of balls. He sort of, you know, doesn't fully get in his hands because he's not tall enough. Like he doesn't he does not his vertically. His hands pick. are also an issue. Yeah. So like either a number. I rewatched the game in the middle of the night, uh, and and it was like there's just a number of balls that should be firm rebounds that aren't. And if you're not getting if you're a guy who doesn't provide a lot offensively and you're not securing re- like what are you really giving? And I understand if the offense is run perfectly you're a good screener, you can do it, but offense isn't run perfectly and this team is 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 searching for things. And when you're searching for things, you need everybody out there sort of searching together. The the problem is
1: these you're talking about three key players in Hogard, Akins, and Hall, who I think are also searching for who they are as players. Yeah, yeah. And that's, I mean, you know, it, it, are you a three-point shooter? I mean, yeah. AJ Hogard hit uh, a couple threes, uh, big threes in that Wisconsin game, but everybody knows he's not a three-point shooter. He shouldn't be shooting five threes a game. Um, you know, is Jaden Akins a Charlie Bell clone? Because He's got that body, he's got that type of athleticism and ability, but he's not he, he's too comfortable settling for elbow jumpers. I mean, you know, I mean he, he's not attacking off the off the bounce. He on offense, he's not attacking the glass on the defensive side and keeping his man off the board. So I mean there's there's a lot of identity issues that I think that individually are leading to the collective problem.
0: Yeah, and and they don't look like it look like, uh, and they don't look like a a team out there that is I don't want to question their drive because I don't. I don't think that's fair. No, but I, I think agree. They, don't I, look... they wouldn't. Th- this team has that because they wouldn't keep coming back in the second half, right? But they don't. But they don't have. There is an edge they do not have. There is a toughness they do not seem to have all the time. Now they have been really good defensively at times, um, but I like. I'm curious to see what happens. I, I think this is an interesting game now on Sunday night at Nebraska. Because they're better than Nebraska, they should be better than Nebraska. Tough place it to is, play. It is, yeah, right. It's a place that the fans show up even in February uh, when they're not even that good and, and support them. It's a, it's a great crowd. It's a great arena. It's a uh, early enough in the season where you know hope is high and life worth living, so to speak. You know they've still got hope there, and and I do think that that going into that environment, this is where being a veteran, being a you know you are the you should be the better team. Like they've got to go in there and get a win. If you come out of there with a with a split, it's not the end of the world. You lost to an uh, like I'm seeing a lot of stuff about Wisconsin and and you know losing to Wisconsin, how bad that is. And we we just don't know teams. This, I'm telling you right now, there is value on Wisconsin plus a thousand to win the, win the Big Ten. That is yeah. a really really good basketball team. And sometimes you know it's hard to tell what because Michigan State isn't a really good basketball team right now. But that Wisconsin team is going to be in the top three or four. Blackwell and Stor- – you
1: talk about adding components. Blackwell and store added that toughness component that that team
0: from Wisconsin lacked over the last few and years. And athleticism. Yeah. yeah. And, yeah, no, they're, 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 they've they're got something I like to that. them. I like
1: they- the winter kid too because they've got, they got depth and size. And that's – they've got enough big guys that if someone gets into foul trouble like Wall did, you've got enough bodies that you trust to put in there. Also, by the way, they went fourteen of fourteen at the free throw line. So,
0: no, they did all the right things on the road. They they countered Michigan State's runs. They 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 hit big shots, and and they they. I mean, there were some things that could go wrong in a different a uh, different setting. Like I'm, uh, this is why I love college basketball season versus college football even more. I love the chess matches. I love the pacing. Like I love the in late January, January twenty sixth, I believe Michigan State plays at Wisconsin. So you you get to see a month and a half later. This matchup again, and who's evolved, how the coaches approach that, what it looks like in a different setting, different home court, similar ross, you know, similar rosters, and and I and I and I that to me will be fascinating because it gives a chance to demonstrate, you know, sort of growth and and um, uh, you know evolving as, as as a team and and um, but MSU right now is, you know, I, I, people talk about the streak, they talk about big, Ten, you know, Big Ten contention, all that stuff is. I think secondary to becoming a good basketball team. Yes. And you know what they did in the second half against Arizona shows me it's in there. The problem is right now their, their best offense is too often Tyson Walker going off and AJ Hogard getting on a run. And that's fine. Those, that's your, those are your backup. Those are your starting guards. If you said that about Sean Respert and Eric Snow in 1995, nobody would say, well, what, what's wrong with that? But there, there isn't, it, it's sort of the way the offense comes together late in the clock. It's Walker trying to save them. It's it, there's not a lot of purpose or real feel for what they're going to get accomplished on a lot of possessions. And and you know even when they came together yesterday, there was a, one possession that was like, I, I think it was should have been a turnover. Malik called and kicked to a wide open guy in the wing who airballed it, and Cooper got the airball alley oop. Like that yeah. was the way they were scoring at one point. It was. They're just they're just not that functional right now.
1: Yeah, very very disjointed. I mean, it doesn't look like a team that's and, and I I don't want to give a pass on this because I do think the Hall situation disrupted a lot of yes. what they were doing. And I mean, there were lineups out there that I had to scratch my head. Like I I don't feel like I've seen this combination at all this year. And some of that is because you didn't have a hundred percent Malik Hall or. Fifty percent Malik Hall. We're we're really not going to probably know how bad off he was, um, but you know the 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 inconsistency needs to be stabilized, and I'm not sure where that is. He also
0: talked about the toughness factor too. No, but he's searching because he, you know he, he was. This is the second or third time this year already he's brought up the pads and getting back to what, who they were on practice. He is, you know, he is a guy who when he starts turning to that old standby line that quick cuz it's all, you know, uh, I'm not going to do what the what the lawyers say and we're not going to worry about feelings and we're not going to listen outsiders and we're going to get back to who we are. At this point that's that's just talk, that's just him trying to it's just him frustrated by what is and and it's, you know, it I mean it's probably frustrated by it, you know, it.
1: Listen, he's th- he's 31 and 30 in his last th- 3 plus seasons in
0: Big 10 play. Yeah, no, they've been they've been a middling, uh, you
1: know, I would say an upper upper. I mean, this is this program, is a, yeah. this is a coach who is used to high end success. Who in the last four years now is sixty three and forty three. That does not match his winning percentage. That does not match his history.
0: Yeah, and he, he hasn't had. You know, to look at all the great teams they've had, even the ones that have come up short. But it's it's Denzel Valentine, it's Cassius Winston, it's uh you know the Keith Applings and Gary Harris is when they were at their best. It's it's great guard play. Right, and when guard play, um, it, it's it's Kalen Lucas, that, that, and 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 obviously Walker gives them some of that, but he's
1: he hasn't had a, he hasn't had a guard like that.
0: He hasn't had a guard yeah. that small. I mean, th- tough as nails. Don't get me wrong.
1: Tyson Walker is the toughest, probably the toughest guy in his team. Um, although I will say this, you know, I had asked him uh, Izzo on Monday about uh, Trey Holloman. You know, he likes his toughness because the kid's a football guy. He's
0: always had those football guys. That- but he's got – see, the, the problem is Holloman comes in and, and he and he misses a lot of really open shots. He does. Like that's your moment. If you're Trey Holloman – and and look, life isn't always fair and you get certain opportunities. But if you knock down three or four of those shots and, and the game is different and you're the reason the game is different, it changes things. Yeah. Like you, you get these opportunities and if you're him – you you that's where you've got to stand well, out. Well, think about
1: and, and, this. I mean, is when I talked about the identity issues that some of those other guys has. I mean, you got a guy that one week, one game is asked to be the setup guy and run the point and distribute. Another game, you're asking him to step in for uh for your top scorer and become a scorer. I mean, th- that's not really defining a role. I mean, he he's a great guy. I think I called him a Swiss Army knife guy. Um he's but that doesn't help necessarily sometimes in building that consistency. Like who who's he have to who's he have to back up in this game, right? I mean, do I have to do more because Tyson Walker's sick or his hips hurting him? Do I have to do more in this game because Hogard's throwing passes into the stands and, and taking plays off on the defensive side? I, I you know that's tough to find and define those roles when when you know everybody's kind of in that identity mode and your identity crisis mode. And I think, and this is, we talk always about over the years, historically about whittling minutes. And this is the time where Izzo figures out his rotation and gets it ironed out, but it might be a little while because if, because we all know Jackson Kohler is going to be a major part of this because of the, the nature of having two other bigs in Cooper and Sissoko who are offensive liabilities. So, and how long is that going to take to develop that ro- roster and ro- and rotation cohesion?
0: Uh, maybe into mid January, maybe beyond that, depending on when he comes back. And I think Cooper, obviously, less so. And I think Cooper is a guy who, if he's the the other center instead of the the the, the he's bet- not a
1: thirty minute a game guy at this point in his career,
0: right? And 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 when he's your best offensive center, that's not great. If if he's your if he's the other guy, you know, and 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 look, I, I you know, I I I want to be. Uh, be kind to Matty here because, you know, but there, 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 there comes a point where, you know, it's just not a, it's just not a plus value when you're on the court. And, and it's, I think it's affecting, affecting a lot of, a lot of other guys. Let's talk about a, another sport with, um, with some uh, transition happening and, and some questions and, 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 and Michigan State football. Um, there's, the one danger of doing a podcast about MSU football is things could change on the fly. We could record this. It could go up. Michigan state could have a defensive coordinator that we would have talked about on the podcast. And and it's, it's, it's not there.
1: I am warning the fact that going back to the beginning of this podcast, that today is my wife's birthday. So nothing shouldn't, nothing needs to happen right now.
0: Nothing needs to happen. Right, right. Tomorrow. Tomorrow's cool. Yeah. (laughs) Right now is not good. Um, no, absolutely. There's some Premier League games uh this afternoon too. Huh. Um not as not not the equivalent of your wife's birthday, but you know. Um Now I understand why we had to record when we record. No, no. <laughs> <I understand. laughs> the uh anyway, um but let let's, let's talk a little bit about quarterbacks because I think that's something that we can um and look Aiden Childs uh may commit to Michigan State at any point and that could uh that could happen. And so we'll speak a little I, like I think he's coming to MSU. Um like I don't, I don't know that that's a a, a done deal. And the magic eight ball basically says all signs point to yes. Yeah, and I and, and yeah, and I've, I've talked to people who, yeah, like it, it's. I would be very surprised if it doesn't happen. Right. the The thing is that it becomes interesting, and you brought up a good point off air, and I and I think he could be a really good quarterback. Now, I I still think I my my stock in Sam Levitt, who, if I had to guess, I think could wind up at uh, let's just say, a place like Nebraska. Um, but uh, my stock in him is still high. Still think he's gonna be a fantastic college quarterback. Would still take him over most uh, transfers. I, 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 whatever it is. Maybe I'm the president of, 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 of his fan club in terms of his game his moxie, his arm, is And maybe I'm over. You know, I've, I've been wrong before. I, I am the guy who wrote some glowing things about Michigan State's offense in 2018.
1: So you're also you're also the guy who
0: famously has said Alex Carter was a better quarterback than Kirk Cousins so ah you misread that column okay now we gotta go into that column the column was about dark uh, was about uh was about Denard Robinson now Cousins I s- should not have brought into that column but Mich- Western Michigan at the time who I was covering was playing Michigan and Denard Robinson and I wasn't wrong he didn't even finish his career as a quarterback he was like a flanker and that's what my whole point was he wasn't even a quarterback and yet people thought that he would that that you know, there wasn't even close, Carter versus Denard Robinson. So yes. that was the point of the conversation but, but, but you also brought- said he was the best quarterback in the state. I did, I did, I did, and, and that that to that I, I um and there were certain aspects of, of Cousins. Keep in mind, this was pre senior year Cousins. So and Cousins, you know, would, had a good junior year, but there are things about his feet to this day that drive me nuts to watching him play the position. But there it. Uh, anyway it was a point in time as every column is it's a snapshot in time i stand by much of that column uh, despite uh, getting mocked for it uh, 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 as i should and rightfully so yes 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 so anyway um but uh, w- but levitt is the past he could have been the future would have been a great future um i, I think there would have been interesting play if I, if i if if i were the coach who wanted sam levitt at, 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 at michigan state and i were jonathan smith i would have that I wanted to try to convince him to stay, I would have said, I choose you now. I may have chosen the other guy then. I choose you now. I'm not even recruiting him. But that's, uh, that's not what's happening here. And I think that, uh, you know, I've watched more and more film on, on Chiles. He obviously is a very intriguing prospect, um, somebody with quick feet, got a good arm. You know, I, you know who knows what he'll develop into, a young player still. But that gets to the point. I mean, he, is, he has only been a true freshman at this point. And Michigan State has zero quarterbacks coming in and zero quarterbacks on its yep. roster as, as as we currently know, and that doesn't work for a quarterback room. I'm not even sure that you wouldn't be better off with another veteran competing with Childs for a year. It doesn't work, period, because you're
1: going to need right. three quarterbacks, and who are you going to get in the transfer portal that if you bring an Aiden Childs in that you're going to say, "Oh yeah, this is I, I'm going to go there because I want to be a backup." That doesn't how that's not how the transfer portal works. I mean, you know, if especially if you want to improve your team, so I, I don't know what the situation. I mean, a, a guy like Levitt or or even I mean, let's talk Caden Hauser. What does Caden Hauser do? I mean, he's been a starter now at a power five school. He's gonna he's got offers out there. Um, you, you, I don't see him coming back either because if you bring in Aiden Childs, they're right in that same class range and. You know, they'll both be sophomores next year. And you have to have balance in class. That's one thing that, uh, you know, D'Antonio's staff figured out. In that quarterback room, you have to have a quarterback per year because you're going to have an experience attrition. You're going to need to have spacing to get the next guy too. And, you know, Henry Hasselbeck backed out of his commitment uh, or – however you want to look at it, that's fine. I mean, there's still time to to get someone in, in that freshman class or in that incoming freshman class. Uh, but, I, you know, it's not just going to be needing Aiden Childs. I mean, do you try and get Noah Kim to come back? He's got starting experience. Um, while he might not physically have the 12-game Big Ten rigorous body, um, he, he's got the ability as he's shown in brief spurts to be a contributor if you need him. So if, if you, if you're committed to child's being the starter, will would Kim come back and be a backup? I don't know. Well, so there, there, there's I mean, a question if, for you. I mean, but you, but you need, you need to get a veteran and you need to get a, a, a an incoming
0: freshman to, to right. balance this
1: class out at quarterback.
0: Right. And a, and a freshman who sees, you know, who's probably going to see child's as only a sophomore. Right. And so that, that is a, um, that is tricky. Uh, I, I do think Noah Kim is interesting because it'll see, it'll be interesting what his options are elsewhere. Does he want to go down and, and it, you know at a mid major level or an FCS level and be a starter and play? My guess is he does. He sat a lot, you know, and my guess is he wants to play these last couple years wherever wherever that is. Um, but in the NIL world, you could make it worth it to, for him to to be a guy who's on the roster who's competing and is around, you know, and. Um, if, if you really wanted to, that's sort of the, um, the, the, the world we live in now. And, and and Noah Kim would be an excellent guy to have a veteran to have in your, um, on your roster. I, I am curious to see who they, who they land. Uh, look, Jonathan Smith's a quarterback guy. There will be quarterbacks who want, I mean, they'll be able to get a guy. The question is, can you get it? I think you're probably better off getting a freshman who's a developmental guy and then Getting a veteran who's, um, you know, obviously... And your best bet is probably to go get somebody at a mid-major level who's had some success yeah. and wants to play up. And that's what Anthony Russo was in some ways. Now, he was going to be replaced at Temple probably too. But it, you, you go to a place, a guy who'd like to be play in the Big Ten. There are only so many of those spots. And is willing to compete and is willing you know has a year left and would like to do it and and I think those guys are out there it's it, it it's finding it and, and, and assembling that room and so you come into a, a year with a, a true freshman from somewhere uh, you come into a year with the the veteran who's who's played somewhere else a little bit and you come in with with, with 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 chiles and and um you let the the veteran and chiles figure out who's starting off the bat and and, it, and the way chiles plays and his frame and everything, like you definitely need a second quarterback. That I mean, I I, I watch him run and, and throw his body into people, and I do wonder, you know, how the likelihood that he makes it through a season l- like that. Well, some of it's role, I think. Some of it, you know, I mean. Listen, let's let's. I mean,
1: if you're a quarterback in a transfer portal, you want to know who you're going to throw the ball to. And you know, Tyrell Henry and Jeron Glover and Christian Fitzpatrick going in the portal. I mean, those are some experienced receivers that are in there. So, are you are probably going to have to go to the portal again for receivers. I mean, it's, there's so many you you can find them, but you know, I mean, for every for every Keon Coleman there's a Christian Fitzpatrick. And you no, know, no. It, there's five Christian Fitzpatricks, you know. And it's not not to Merch Christian because he had a, a decent year this year, um, but He's a guy that already transferred once and he's gonna transfer again as a grad transfer so i mean that that's it's it, there's not i mean there's a lot of ground to make up beyond
0: just quarterback you know what i mean the thing about receivers is it's a diva position so you always there're always gonna be guys out there and you' be at top juco guys top high school guys who are overlooked guys who want to play and 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 you can you can find diamonds in the rough the the one thing that it, about like quarterbacks being picky and choosy. These guys aren't, you know, these guys aren't Aaron Rodgers here. I mean, you know, and there are only so many places, and, and the portal is going to be interesting. And I do believe they'll probably be able to get somebody, but um, it is, it certainly is something that's in flux. And when you have an interesting, like, it, it of great benefit, the Aiden Child situation is a great benefit to Michigan State. You have a new coach who has a previous relationship with a a, a prospect that he chose, and has already begun to develop same with the offensive coordinator like you have a, there's a lot of good things about that um, the the tricky part is that is that everybody else around it views it as that's his guy why would I go there and not be his guy and so I think that will be that that is that is uh that is something to watch so um anything else we need to get into uh before you start to uh, uh turn your attention towards your your wife's birthday mm,
1: well i mean i just just I think it's important to know the dates that with football, um, you know, December twentieth through twenty second is the the big days for early signing period, and it seems like Jonathan Smith is getting some of the previously committed guys back into the fold. So I think that'll be interesting to watch to, as, as that un, at, uh, develops. I guess as to who comes back, I, a guy like Anthony Carey or uh, Jet Denson, or does Hasselbeck come back? Uh, the, 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 uh, I, I, I the, uh, I want to make sure I get it right. Let me put it this way. I want to talk a little bit real quick about some unicyclers. Um, if you know who I'm talking about, the, uh, the twins, the L- <laughs> Mercer and Charleston. And I want to make this clear. Lunieski. Mercer and, and Charlton Ludenyeski, um the the offensive line twins. I wanted to get their name right because someone someone had said get their name right, and I'm like I didn't have it in front of me, and you know
0: I I wanted to make sure I got it right. I just wanted to watch you uh, like <laughs> we're on Zoom, so people don't know this is a podcast. Everybody else we're on Zoom. Just watching Chris try to find that was entertaining for me. the The
1: th- best thing I saw all week was those two three hundred pound six six type guys uh, riding unicycles. Yeah. <laughs> So if you need something in your life, watch that. And one of them, I think, Charlton was in a boot, in a walking boot. So, um, it's and it's incredible exercise and balance and and core strength and all the things you need for an offensive lineman. That I, I would, I if if summer camps, summer football camps were
0: offensive linemen riding unicycles, I would be there all the time. You'd be like one of those twenty-four-seven guys chasing around fifteen-year-olds at camps if they were just riding unicycles. I yeah. want
1: to normalize us getting unicycle times. Yeah. Like I want to, I don't want to. I don't want to know they're they're forty. That doesn't matter to me. I want to know how are they in terms
0: of, you know, their forty yard on a unicycle. I love it. I love it. Um, well, we will. Uh, we will both be in uh, Lincoln, Nebraska this weekend for Michigan State's basketball game at Nebraska and uh back next week at some point um to uh to go over that game and the latest happenings in football um i, I think there will probably be some uh s- some events worth talking about by the time we reconvene until then we will have complete coverage at freep.com at lsj.com at greenandwhite.com uh please rate subscribe throw fruit you know be as kind as you want to be right unicycles, uh, been- whatever you want to do Whatever you want to do. This has been a production of the Lansing State Journal, Detroit Free Press, and USA Today Network. Thanks for listening.